So greetings from wherever or whenever you're listening. Welcome and thank you for once again turning into the Perspectives on Leadership podcast brought to you by Fire Engineering. My name is Steve Shaw and I'm proud to be an assistant chief at Fort Lauderdale Fire Rescue. I'm also honored to be part of the Fire Engineering family as an author, as a presenter at FDIC, and as a host for this podcast. There are a ton of amazing podcasts out there and I am truly honored that you're choosing to listen to this one. I continue to be a consummate student of leadership, and I'm grateful for this platform, for the value it provides those who listen, and for the opportunity it provides me to grow as a leader within Fort Lauderdale Fire Rescue. In the last conversation I had with Chief Halton, uh, he mentioned how FDIC was a tactics conference, not just with firefighting, but with all things, leadership, training, mentorship, et cetera. And then no matter what we taught or presented on or spoke on, we should always be focused on the tactical ways for our listeners or readers to model or deploy these ideas in the real world. So in that spirit and in his honor, I will continue to focus on the tactics as well as the concepts. I continue to be fascinated by how our perspectives affect our ability to lead. Perspective is the lens through which we see through, but it can also be the lens that other people use to perceive their world. Call it what you will, mindset, viewpoint, angle. Perspective is a powerful toolbox in the toolbox of a leader. The goal for this podcast continues to be pretty straightforward, to take a concept or trait that we associate with leadership and take a deep dive down that rabbit hole. Our fire rescue service is filled with amazing leaders. Each have their own perspective on leadership. I want to pick their brains and allow them to provide as many tactical, immediately deployable takeaways as possible to the listener. I'm forever grateful to Fire Engineering and Chief Halton for allowing me to have this platform so that I could do my part in passing it on to my brothers and sisters in the fire service. So I met Jess Rodzinka and I first met, I want to say, uh, close to a decade ago at the Fort Lauderdale Fire Expo. Uh, since then, we've been traveling in similar circles and in terms of training and conferences and such. A few months back, I saw that Jess was teaching a class titled The Senior Man. And just the title alone had me stepping back and reflecting on all those senior firefighters, drivers, medics, EMTs, officers who had shaped my career early on. And I started thinking about the senior firefighters who chose not to promote because they loved what they did and were happy with their team or firehouse that had been built. And I remember thinking, thank God that these people didn't promote. So I had had the chance to work with them and get to learn from them through all those years. But then I keep uh, diving deeper. I thought about you know, what does it mean to be the senior man? How is that defined? Who determines when that person has reached that status? And of course, I'm not talking about gender. I'm talking about that senior respected member of the firehouse, those that have paid their dues, earned that immense amount of respect all around. And that person that people go to to seek knowledge, wisdom, or more specifically, the why in what we do things. And then I thought more about words and conversations that I've had with senior members throughout my career. And that was a good reflection. Some of the greatest moments of my career were simple conversations that had stopped me in my tracks. Those that made me feel great and those that pretty much honestly gave me a firm reset when I needed it. And I remember the weight of those words and the individuals in my life and how much I needed to hear them from those senior folk. Then diving even deeper beyond words into actions, I started remembering all the examples that have been set by so many of the senior members, whether it was the care and maintenance of tools and equipment or those that made sure the firehouse was, was taken care of as it was their, as it was their own. And some of these examples, it, it, they were so basic or so simple, but, but that's the point. These quote unquote simple examples were nowhere near simple. They were life changing, massively impactful examples to all around us. Then they were textbook examples of integrity. In other words, the match, the actions matched the words they were using. And that was powerful. So all that said, I'm really looking forward to get Jess's thoughts on all this as we talk more about this concept of the senior man. 
Um, brief introduction for Jess. Jess is a 28-year veteran of the fire service and serves as a captain for the Charlottesville Fire Department in Charlottesville, Virginia. He's currently assigned to en- currently assigned to Engine 5 and his previously assignments have concluded Truck Company 9 and Tower 10. Jess previously worked for Staunton Fire Rescue for 11 years where he was assigned to Truck 1 and Engine 2. He holds certifications in Virginia as an Officer 4 and an Instructor 3. He is a constant student of the craft and teaches up and down the East Coast, presenting on truck company operations as well as forcible entry and Virginia truck schools. He's a cadre for the 350 line and fill the box training along with making the stretch. And he's taught at multiple conferences such as Fort Lauderdale Fire Expo, the Andy Fredericks Training Days, Wichita Hot, Carolina Finer Days, Tailboard to Trenches, and the Rockingham Regional School. So before I give it to Jess real fast, I want to just mention three things that I thought of as we were kind of getting ready for this this, this conversation on the, on the senior fire fund. And that was the first thing I thought of was, you know, the idea of promote or not to promote. And as I started thinking about this, I started thinking about the ideas that I first been pushed years ago to promote and take every test that was available to me. And then years later thinking, man, that may not have been such a good idea. So I'd like to kind of sit there and talk about what that looks like and kind of unpack the idea of when and why to promote. Second thing I think of was expectations. When we think about the senior man, the senior firefighter, you know, what are our expectations of that senior firefighter? But in the term, on the same term, what are their expectations of us? And I really like to talk about that as well. The third thing I thought about is that, and this is something we talked about before we started talking, was the idea that senior is definitely a relative term. Jess and I uh, spoke prior to sitting down and we discussed a multitude multitude of department dynamics that could put people in positions of being that senior member way before they expected based on a variety of things like explosive growth and so on and so forth. So I'm really looking forward to diving into those concepts as well. So that being said, Jess, thank you for joining me today. I'm excited to have you on, man. Thanks for having me. It's it's, uh, great seeing you and I'm looking forward to this opportunity to talk, talk with you today and see what we can figure out. Yeah, man. Same here, bro. So let me let me dive into it. I know that today you're you're working a, a Mando, so I want I want to make sure I value your time and make sure we we get through this just in case. But um, Good. I wanted to just like I said when we first started talking a while back, and then later on seeing that concept of the class you were teaching the senior man, it, it just brought a lot to my head, and I really wanted to dive into there. So let me start with this. In terms of all of us having a certain passion for the job. Uh, give us a snapshot of, of who you are, and then what spurred the idea to focus on this concept of the senior man. Absolutely. So I'm a generational fireman. My dad was a fireman and his uncle was a fireman um, as well. Dad was a firefighter in Augusta County in the county I live in um, where I started volunteering. Um, so I, I was able to learn and be around a firehouse and a lot of old traditional traditions the fire service held and that was carried on. Um, we would, I remember sitting around the firehouse uh, when I was a kid and listening to the guys talk and then you turn around, they're all talking. You hear them say, oh, you'll, you'll soon get there. And then you turn around, you're like, no, I'm never going to get there. And then all of a sudden, they look around. And like you and I were talking the other day, turn around, I was 28 years. I put that down before I sent my my resume in. And I was like, holy hell, it's been 28 years in a blink of an eye. <laughs> so um, I came from Augusta County, a small small community. Um, it's since grown. It's, it's becoming a bedroom community to a lot of larger cities around us. Um, uh, but it's it's a bedroom community. They're getting busier over there. But, it, but it's a pretty cool place. I was able to volunteer at a firehouse that had – an engine, a ladder, and a rescue there. Um, so I was able to, to cross train with all different facets of the fire service. And then then growing up, watching um, the work ethic my dad had, I, I just kind of carried that on. So as we as I move forward, I, I was kind of one of those things. I've always wanted to be a firefighter and, and, and progress through that, through that, that uh, field. 
and then eventually got hired in uh, 1998. And then here I am now, uh, finally got promoted. Um, and I'm at Charlottesville. I've been here right now 15 years. And, uh, you know, we have a good time here and enjoying it. So um, that's a little bit about about me. Um, and, and the concept of the senior man is, is where we're getting ready to roll. So I'm excited to where we excited to see where we head with these conversations because they're had everywhere. Um, yeah, no, 100 percent. In fact, no, I'm glad you, you, you thank you for the intro. And in terms of like that senior firefighter, like I said before, I, I found myself thinking about all those members when I first started that it kind of were those senior members of the department and that I learned a lot from the beginning. And for me, I was a hazmat guy. So I got to spend time with the hazmat team back in the day. So fortunately for me, those hazmat members were senior hazmat technicians throughout the department and having a chance to kind of sit there and learn from them and watch them and, and talk with them and just be a part of a team. They really truly taught me what being a team member was before them. It was more individualistic, trying to just make sure I was getting promoted and I was getting my classes. I, 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 but sitting with these folk, you know, it, it really just, it, they taught me what a team was and I needed that early on in my career. So yeah, what are your examples? In other words, when you think about the class you put together, what are some of your examples that pull you in to, to drive you to teach this? So so one thing we clarify when we start the class, and I try to clarify, is um, I, I bring up this example from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Not the, not the new Willy Wonka, <laughs> but the old, old with uh, Gene Wilder and uh, Grandpa Joe, Grandpa Josephine, and Grandpa George and Grandpa Georgina. They're sitting in the bed and... Um, I talk about Grandpa Joe, how he had been sitting in the bed for however how long, and then all of a sudden his his grandson came in with the golden ticket, and he was able to hop up and and do stuff. But why he wasn't able to help, you know, the uh, his grandson and and his mom, you know, provide for the family because they were they're obviously poor. If you know Charlie and Chalk Factory, you know, he was there for a long time. We're not talking about the guy that's been been here for for twenty five, thirty years. That's a bump on the log. That all of a sudden, well, I'm gonna promote for X, or I'm gonna pr- promote for Y. No, the senior guy is, is is somebody in the fire service, in your firehouse, in your fire department, in your engine company, the truck company, whatever, that is senior to you, that you look up, respect to, that you see going forward. So the senior guy may not be the senior guy on, in the firehouse. It may be an eight-year guy or or a four-year guy that's really motivated, that's taking training, that's doing, that's doing stuff in the firehouse to push the firehouse to get better, to push your engine company or truck company or rescue company or whatever you're assigned to, your fire department to push it to be better to the next level. That's what we're talking about. And for my, in my, my career up, up, up to the last few years, um, I was pushing forward to be a chief officer and I was taking classes, you know, educating myself, formal education, you know, fire service training, anything I could get my hands on to, to ride that right front seat, eventually promote to a battalion chief buggy, et cetera, et cetera, maybe even to even higher than that. However, when it hit me was, a, you know, a few years ago, right around the end of, or the beginning of 2019, uh, we had lost our senior guy to um, job related cancer and all the information he had was gone. So early 2019, we were sitting at the firehouse. I not only was the, the most tenured guy in the department for that day, but the most tenured guy on the job for that day. And I held no rank. I was still just a firefighter driving a ladder truck, which was my job all the time. And when we, um, when everybody started looking at me, I was like, holy shit, I, I'm the guy that needs all the answers. Not only were the people looking from the bottom up, but the top, the battalion chief, the captains were looking down at me to kind of facilitate and assist to get things done. 
and this whole time I've been studying and taking classes on how to be an officer. But if you start looking, taking a step back, there were really no education or classes to be like this, this middle management, this informal leader. Like it's OK to be that. And there was no classes that anybody talked about it. And as I progressed through and started writing stuff down and, and talking to other senior guys from other departments throughout the country as I traveled, you know, I started taking information down. I was like, this is a this is somebody that not only struggles that I'm having, but it's the struggles through other departments that guys are having. Like they turn around and they look like, holy crap, I just started this job 15 years ago and went through the same same conversation we're having. It went through in a blink of an eye. And now I'm everybody's looking at me all of a sudden to as the senior guy, like the, the man with all the answers. You know, where's where's the where are the new mop heads at? Where are the new mop handles at? Simple things like that that you kind of need to know in the firehouse that no one else does. And our department is relatively young. We went from a very senior department and like a lot of departments throughout the country, you know, we're hiring a lot more people and their their experience level in the fire service as well as life experience is not there so much. They're great. They're great people. They're becoming good workers. You have to teach them all that. But but that's that wasn't there. And these guys, you look at departments that are starting from from new and some and some aspects that they have no concept of the senior of the senior firefighter. So we go lecture about it. We talk about some thoughts and, and philosophies. We learn from good leaders that we've had we learn from bad leaders. A lot of stuff I've picked up and I've, I myself being a leader now, both informal, now formal leader. I've, a lot of my traits I, I pick up from from the bad leadership. I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be like that person. I don't want to be like that lieutenant, captain, chief officer. So I've learned a lot more sometimes from those, the bad leaders than I do good leaders. So like I said, you turn around and you're like, oh my gosh. And all this is kind of coming together at one time for some people and having this conversation, very candid conversation we do in the class, it, a lot of questions come around, a lot of feedback on what to do and how things have been done in the past. You know, you, you open this up in a, in a beautiful way. There's a lot to break down here. And, I, and some of the things I already wrote down was the fact that, you know, that person may be the senior person and is not defined in the years in the job, but what they bring to the table, their actions, their knowledge base, the, the institutional knowledge, that that knowing of where, where the bodies are buried, you know, the, all yep. that all that comes into play. So it's definitely not in terms of years. And that's I think that's one of the biggest caveats is, is it's, it's an action. It's 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 more powerful than a number. Um, and you also mentioned, and uh, it's it's unfortunate to hear about the loss of, of, of the senior person you were talking about. It also reminds us a, a very stern reminder that you have these individuals that work with with you that have this immense knowledge, this respect, this 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 immense amount of institutional just experience, and you got to get with them. You got to ask them questions. You got to have the conversation. You have to be intentional about having those conversations. So a lot of times, for whatever reason, those individuals may not come to you uh, all the time, but they're there. So yeah. it, it's kind of like the both sides. I and mean, we talked briefly about the, the wanting to talk about expectations. In terms of the expectations, you know, you want those people to find a way to get that and transfer to other people. But at the same time, the expectation is on us too to. Get and, and get that information out of those people, ask them questions, have the conversations, learn from them. So it's a two way street, but there's a lot of there, there's so much of that knowledge that is there. How do you harness it? Um, and you also mentioned the word informal, informal leader, you know, and obviously that's a topic of this discussion is, you know, some people promote and are given certain tasks and responsibilities by rank alone or position alone. These individuals are talking about become the informal leaders over time based on just what we talked about, just whether it's the relationships or their experience. And that's a huge part of our job. Um, 
the fact that you mentioned the comment about the person with all the answers, you know, the person that understands where, when, why, why we do certain things. They know where this SOP came from. They know why this this culture is there. And these people are just these are some of the examples we talked about. So in, in terms of that, you know, what do we need to be promoting or advocating in terms for our senior members? In other words, the, the need to demonstrate a practice. What do we need to be uh, constantly having conversations about not only for those individuals that are there, but for the ones that are going to be taken on that role. What are your thoughts on that? So the, the the one thing you brought up earlier was your why. You need to figure out why you're here. Are you here for a paycheck? Are you here for whatever? But whatever you're here for, you need to figure out your why. And, and, and after you figure that out, you need to realize that we're just at the bottom. At the end of the day, we're a number. Unfortunately, I hate to say it as, as much as as much as I, I I'm an advocate for a solid fireman, a solid firefighter um, all around. We're, we're a number. We're going to retire. We're going to we're going to quit our job. We're going to do something, whatever. And then the next person is going to come in. The bell's going to go off. The door's going to go up and a fire truck's going to go out the door. And it's, it's that cycle's never going to end. So I want to leave a legacy of of sharing information. Um, I've been very fortunate and blessed to be able to the opportunities that I've had. And I get a lot of information from traveling and teaching and talking to people and, and, and having interactions and conversations with people that I want to pass that on. So having that integrity to pass information on and not be a selfish person, but to be a selfless person and pass information on. It may be as simple as we talk about in class. I bring up, I bring up, and I, he knows I talk about him. I bring up a, um, a story about one of the one of the junior firefighters. He was a he's very young. He's 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 it's been a few years now, but he was young when he came to us. In academy, he was nineteen. When he goes to the came down to the floor, someone's like, "Hey, man, it's your turn to make the tea." So we hadn't seen this gentleman for some time. Uh, I go up and check on him, and this was prior to me getting promoted. Um, I go up and check on him, and he's in the kitchen. He has a uh, in one hand he has a pot, in the other hand he has a box of tea, and the water's running in the sink. And I said, hey, man, you all right? He goes, well, to be honest with you, no, I'm not okay. And I was like, okay, what's going on? He goes, to be honest with you, I, I don't know how to boil water. I was like, <laughs> okay. So I said, so you have to take a step back. And, and we all come from different backgrounds. And this was, this was kind of one of the realization that I had to figure out where this kid came from. So I took a step back and said, hey, hey man, so, so why don't you know how to boil water? He goes, why I still live with my parents and he's 19. So, so it's understandable. I said, he says, I still live with my parents and I just don't know, like my mom and dad have always done things for me. I haven't had to do anything. So then that opened up a, a plethora of stuff of like, he really didn't know, but we didn't know he didn't know that until he admitted it. So we talk about integrity, but you have to be willing to have that selflessness and accept and be humble and have the empathy of how where people have come from from their background. He didn't know how to boil water, so for the next day, we taught him how to boil water, make toast, and make simple meals. So since then, now it's like, hey, we come in and we'll look at we'll look at a new a new recruit firefighter that's on the floor. And like, and and the dumb question is like, do you know what do you know how to make and what do you not know how to make? Like, we need to show you this. So then it's a step by step process on how you show it. So then, as we do that step by step process. We, we're setting expectations for them like, hey, this needs to be done this particular way. It's a southern thing. They like sweet tea around here. So this tea has to be made every day. So the sweet tea is made, but it's done a particular way on per shift. But those, as we're doing that, we're, we're, opening our, we're opening ourselves up to being vulnerable. We're showing our empathy. We are setting our expectations. So, so we're kind of knocking 
knocking down three goals at one time as we grow. It's also allowing us when we're showing our vulnerability and our empathy with open our communications open. And now you're building a trust between the senior person and the junior person. So now that trust can go back and forth. Now it becomes a two way street. And it's like, hey, if he has a problem, he or she has a problem, they could come to you and realize that anything, any any type of problem from life, life, a life problem to a work problem, they'll come to you. And you're building that trust. And now as you build that trust, now you kind of move move things forward. As you can see, these small building blocks then build a great foundation. And then they start seeking out information on their own because they're like, well, I didn't know how to boil water. There's, there may be some other things I don't know how to do. And then that goes for you as well. As a senior as a senior guy, I was like, all right, what else don't you know how to do? And it was like, well, I don't know how to mop. I don't know how to – you know, you think about the mopping thing from – the movie with Eddie Murphy coming to America. He's like, well, you know how to use that thing? Well, yeah, he puts it in the bucket and swings it. So that's what I had pictured. And if we didn't show him, I'm sure that's what would have happened. But not, not that we know, but we showed, you had to, show, had to show people how to mop and how to clean bathrooms. Like you're setting those expectations on how to be done. And you're also being very vulnerable and showing that empathy of like, well, why don't you understand this? I mean, come on, man, you're, you're whatever. Or what happened? And they, and they open up. I'm like, well, I've never had to do that before. And you're like, oh, I realize that. And you're like, okay, so let's show you how to do it. So it's 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 really good to start with that because imagine, I mean, with that scenario with the water, imagine if the crew or the company or the person just said to the the the, the kid or the new firefighter, well, what the hell, you know, and just just didn't give him the time of day or oh, I can't believe this kid doesn't know anything. Instead, this is an opportunity. And this is a massive opportunity. Not only is it a responsibility. It's an opportunity. And I, I, we had this conversation a lot with, uh, I've had either on a previous podcast or something else, we had the same conversation about what these uh, new firefighters are coming to the table with. And regardless if it's not much, or if they never started a chainsaw or don't know how to mix fuel or don't know how to boil water, cook, that's not, a. it, it shouldn't be a challenge, it should be an opportunity. Now you have the opportunity to be the person that takes them aside and teaches them whatever the gap is. Not only are they going to learn it the right way from you if you do it the right way, but two, they're going to look at you as that mentor, that senior person, that guide in the fire service. And not only for the fire service, but in life in general. And I think that the key point of what you just said was it opens up the door to other opportunities. If it's not, it's not just the water, it's what else don't they know that they may need some guidance on. This is an opportunity, I mean, of, of massive proportions. And we have the ability to be the leaders in that space. And it's frustrating sometimes when you have some of the, the firefighters of the firehouse who see that as a negative. Like, oh, I can't, I can't believe this guy doesn't know this. Dude, that's an opportunity. Yep. Take the opportunity. And so the, other, yeah. the other, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but no, the other no, thing I found is that he wasn't the only one that didn't know how to boil water. There were other, people's that, other people that didn't know how to boil water, but they were just too afraid to step up. So you sit there mm. and look like, well, I may not know how to start a chainsaw. But I'm not going to be the one to, because that's like, you know, some people look at it as, as like you're chumming the water for a bunch of sharks. You know, I may not know how to sh start a chainsaw, but there may be three or four of the people that don't know how to start a chainsaw. Yep. Not yep. because they not because they don't know how to do it because they're dumb. No, they've never had the opportunity or need to start a chainsaw in their life. Mm -hmm. So so that's it's also open that door is like if you show, well, 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 if Bob is vulnerable enough to say, I don't know how to boil water, well, and I really, I really don't know how to do laundry. I need to ask about that. So then, yep. you know, kind of, it kind of branches out, it keeps going and going in that aspect. That that it's a, it's showing that 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 the vulnerability to allow yourself to to not know something, which yep. in this in this field, as you, as you know, you know as well as I do, 
that we're all type A personalities. It's it's tough to admit that you don't know. I mean, how many conferences have we been at where it's like, oh, you didn't you don't know something, but it's actually a learning opportunity for everybody, not only the instructor, but the student, because then you pass on more information and you're just expanding that knowledge even more. You know, it, so, it goes back to what we're talking about here, that, that the senior person of the department or whoever the senior member, the weight, the weight of their words and their actions are just powerful. And, and my first day on the job, for example, and you we're talking about uh, examples here. I remember the first day on the job I had as a firefighter paramedic with Fort Lauderdale, my lieutenant, Rich Pearl, brought me to the side, sat me down and just got to know me. One of his questions was, what else do you do? And I'm thinking, what do you mean? What else do you do? I'm a firefighter and a paramedic. He goes, no, nah, man, what else do you do? And I didn't think about it until years later, the impact of that statement. What he was asking was, hey, I know you do more than firefighter and paramedicine. I know you have more to offer. I want to know what you do. So if we have a situation where I need to deploy something, you know, that I don't, I want to be able to do that. And right. I, it, it, at the time, I didn't get it. And years later, I'm like, oh, my God, that was mind blowing. The fact that here's a senior guy asking a brand new guy what else they bring to the table. And I remember thinking about that and, and then deploying that later on, not just assuming that the person coming in doesn't know shit or doesn't know nothing. But what else do they bring? They, they, bring, they bring something. What else? And empower them to do that and empower them to speak up and offer what they have to offer. And I had that same experience with the hazmat guys in my first year. I would watch my, my lieutenant, Doug LaValle, interact with all these senior hazmat technicians and all these hazmat calls we were going on. And at the end of the day, uh, Doug Lavallee would make the, the make the decision, you know, but in the in, in the meantime, because of the nature of the call, he was interacting with these senior members, asking them, what are your thoughts? What do you think? What do you what do you senior guys bring to the table based on your experiences? And I watched this and having that opportunity to watch this interaction and this empowerment to his crew and then build up to the decision. And then he made the decision. Oh, my God, it was mind blowing. It, it was just so, it's so, so amazing to be a part of and to to to, to see I'm glad I had that. And I wish more people had those experiences and the words and the conversations with these senior members to see what it looks like. So, yeah. And I think the last thing you said about this, it, and this is the most important part of that conversation, was the fact that those conversations, that 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 integrity of offering, I don't know something, and then teaching them how. And then the further part of that is the, the building of the trust. In other words, now that they you open the door, you're teaching them how to do something as simple as boil water may lead to that trust where if they had something else going on in their life, whatever it is, they may be, you might be the one they come to. Yeah. And that's powerful. That's yeah. huge. Yeah. So one of the things I want to talk about is in terms of promotions, a lot of these, these senior members who happen to be firefighters or drivers or medics or whatever, they never seek to promote. Uh, that's a good thing because we have these senior members doing their job at an expert level that we get to learn from and, and, and capitalize on. What are your thoughts in terms of, promotion like when to do and why to do it and, and that kind of thing it's a it's a great thing we actually got in a conversation a gentleman and i in another jurisdiction got in a conversation because he's he's at that point now where like i don't know if i want to promote yet he's a good he's a good senior firefighter on his on his company he does really well but he's at that point now where he's making the decision like i don't know if i want the people that that, that are eligible to promote with me leading me so what should i do and and it's 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 an excellent question all around i mean I was at a point I'd gotten passed over several times uh, for promotion to where I'm at now. And I had just accepted the fact that, hey, I'm just going to now own this senior senior firefighter position for for the rest of my career. And I'm happy with that, you know, and just trust the people and then trust people that are promoting that they're going to do 
good by you, good by the department, good by the company. But, you know, as far as like if you want to promote or not, that that's again, it goes all back to your why. What do you want to do in the fire service? Why? Why are you here? Are you here to make it better? Are you here to make it to make? Are you here to make more money? Because promotion, you know, that that the 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 fee, the cost of promoting and the bonuses you get with the promotion, the nominal fee, the, the, the yeah, I guess the nominal, I guess that'd be OK to say, you know, your, your pay raise you get with promoting. Right. You know, that that's nice to have. Um, and you keep going up now. Is that is that your driving power, or are you are you in? What are you in it for? Again, why? What is your why? And and as an individual, you have to sit down and figure it out. Um, like I said earlier, I I've taken classes and I aspire to be some type of chief, battalion chief, deputy chief, district chief, assistant chief, fire chief, whatever it is. I have since realized that because of the bureaucracy and some of the stuff that's going on, I think I'm pretty good right now. Where I'm sitting, I can affect change my company. I, I can affect change on my shift. Granted, I'm still kind of still have that umbrella of leadership over me, but I could I now have a good foothold to at least make my point and make my opinion known, as long as it's done professionally. And with that being said, that I can you know try to push things forward. Now, am I going to get aggravated that things only go to a certain level because it's not in the same mission and values that that my battalion chief or deputy chief have absolutely 100% of the time, but there's things you can control and things you can't. What can we control? We come in every day. You can, your attitude, your performance, your, you know, your motivation every day can always be changed. Your missions and goals is your own personal reflex. So you've got to figure that out what you want to do. If you feel that you can promote and make, make efficient and effective changes in your firehouse, your fire company, your department, whatever it may be, do that, but do it for yourself and not, not, not for anybody else. You need to look and figure out your why. And if you're doing it for yourself to make things better, 100%, I, I, I'll support you. If you're doing it for, for, for financial gain, that's your own motivation. That's not my motivation. I didn't join the fire service to be a millionaire and, and have a yacht sitting in the, in the, in the Atlantic Ocean anywhere. I knew that wasn't going to happen. But my motivation and my why every day is is for that next generation. There's a lot of good. We have a lot of great people in this department. They're very. Don't get me wrong. They're very young people. However, we have a lot of great people, and my mission is to make them better at what they do. Because I don't want to. I I've sat in a couple line of duty death funerals. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be there for them. I want to make sure my knowledge, my experience. Everything I learned can get passed on to the next group so they can keep passing it on, hopefully. They can take that basket of the basket of knowledge and keep passing that knowledge on, add to it, and keep moving it down the, down the line. Wherever you feel like you can do that, is that where, that's where you can do it. Do you feel like you can do it as a senior firefighter? Do it. As a captain, lieutenant? Absolutely. As a chief officer, do it. But it has to be your why. Like You can't really – your reason for promoting to your position, Steve – it is your personal reason. It's, it may not be my personal reasons, but again, you, my personal reason for not pony maybe may not be your personal reason. So it's each individual, but you have to look inside and at your department. What's good for you? What's good for your department? What's good for your family? That's the bottom line. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this because I think that in terms of people that are listening to this, the idea of promoting is always something that comes up. You know, when do you do it? Why do you do it? So on and so forth. Like for me, I was always taught at a young age, Steve, if there's a test, take it. And I, I listen, I love my father. The wisdom I got from my father was immense. 
But that's one thing that I, I really wish I would have kind of thought a little bit further on. I wish I would have spent more time as a firefighter, more time as a driver. Uh, it, the smartest thing I ever did in terms of promotions was not taking the first battalion chief's test that was ever available to me. And by not doing that, I sat in the seat of an officer much longer, had my own crew, my own station. We had our own experiences, our own shared experience that grew us as a team. And even now as an assistant chief, I look back on that and I just smile because I had that experience of just, you know, relaxing, waiting, learning, not rushing things. Yep. So I'm glad you, you talked about, we, we're talking about this. So for those that are listening, you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the why. Why are you promoting? Not just, I'm, I'm going to take a test, but why are you doing it? Are you ready to do it? And that's a personal question, like you said. So I'm glad that we're talking about that because it always comes up. Some of the, the, the firefighters I met when I first came on, because I was still thinking of this promotion mentality. I remember going to some of the firefighters and I'm like, why aren't you promoting? I don't understand. Why aren't you taking a test? And they would stare at me and go, Steve, I'm good. I'm yeah. fine. I like what I do. I'm good at what I do. And this is where I belong. And I, I didn't get that when I first started. Now, looking back, thank God they decided that and made that decision because they became the go-to people that like we, we've been talking about, knew their job, knew the ins and outs, knew the why, knew everything from where to keep the mop heads to how to make the coffee to what, what this person did when he was 20 years ago in the service, why we have this SOP, why this road looks like this, why everything. Thank God they did that. And I, I wish more of our people would just take a moment to, to think about what you said, the why in terms of promoting that that's yeah. huge. That, that's a big thing. And, and again, it's, and, and even now we're going to be going through, I believe they just said yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. It came up in, this, in the morning meeting that the promotions are going to happen later on in the year. We usually do try to do the promotional test October, November ish area to try to get everything done and promote for the next year. If we need it, if we have some openings, um, but again, we sit there like, well, who's promoting? And I look around and a couple people raise their hand and, and then you go ask them like, like, well, I mean, like I'm proud of you. I'll help you whatever you need. What can I help you do? But why are we doing this? Like, you're really good at what you do. Are you feeling pressured from doing it from home? Are you feeling pressured from work? Why are you doing it? Don't do it for the wrong reasons. Sure. And because then, because, because then you're, you're kind of stuck unless you demote yourself, you're kind of, that's where you're at. Now you're going to be a good you be a good officer or leader or whatever it is, that's fine. Or you can be a shitty officer or leader. Mm -hmm. And it, it all comes back to that why. Yeah. So. No, I'm glad we're I'm glad we're talking about this. That's like a good part of this conversation. And when we talk about formal versus informal leadership, that always is something that comes up with this talk. So I'm glad you, you dove into that. Um, I also like that we before we had this conversation, we were talking about the idea that, you know, the term years doesn't really apply to this situation in terms of being the senior man or senior firefighter. Um, and there's a lot of dynamics that happen within an apartment that puts people in those positions a lot sooner than they would have planned. And and we were talking about some examples. And I know my department, if things go right in the next year and we get the, 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 the grants we were looking for and whatnot and the right positions, we may have a combination of a lot more positions on the trucks, which we're praying for, and then a, a lot of retirements from the people that are already here, resulting in a massive shift in how much time people have on the job. Thus, the people that are there are going to be put in this quote unquote senior position much earlier than they thought that they would have been considering the idea of years. And you know, we talked about that. So I think that's a very profound conversation to have in terms of the relative nature of what constitutes being a senior person. Right. So let's talk about that for a second. What are your thoughts on that? So I've, Throughout my career, I've experienced a lot of seniority as far as the older generation of, of firefighters, both 
both when I was I was younger, a lot younger, um, starting to kind of really be able to hang around the firehouse more often um, with my dad, um, going down to the firehouse, um, knowing people and starting to get involved a little more. Um, I've had a lot of experience and, and it, it's been interesting. You sit back and kind of look at where I've come from and, and where people are at now and you, and you sit there like, oh man, I really haven't seen so-and-so, but you sit there and think like, wow, he was really not a good leader, but he was put in a position because he had, he had seniority points on his test or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and that's fine and all, which is great. You've been here for a very long time, wherever it may be, old jurisdictions, new jurisdictions, whatever. You've been here for a very long time, which is wonderful. You have a lot of tenure here, but just because you have a lot of tenure doesn't mean you deserve the respect that you are asking for or demanding because you haven't shown or given the respect, the humility, the empathy to anybody else. You just kind of give that persona. And, and again, I've seen this throughout my 28 year career. Um, and even before that, when I was in the firehouse with my dad, that, that, that just because they were there a long time, they kind of, they had that, that persona of, you know, give me respect because I am who I am. And that's one of the things that kind of hit home. I'm like, I'll give you the respect because you've been here a while and that you've earned your time here, but you're not going to have the respect of a senior person because to be honest with you, you're kind of lazy. You show up three minutes before shift, you leave right at shift change that things move forward. You don't really help around the firehouse. You're kind of like a blister to be honest with you when work, when it's time to work or do anything else. You, sh- you know, the blister always shows up when the work's done and you're demanding this. However, you know, Johnny, who's been here six years, is the first one up, the first one kind of helping the new guys, the first one to do things, the first one in the fire truck, the first one to bring up training, the first one upstairs, the first one up in the morning, the last one up at night. That that lead that type of informal leader of like, hey, things need to get done because they need to get done. I'm doing the right thing because the right thing needs to be done. That kind of leadership carries a lot more. And when you see it, 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 it's kind of a neat thing that happens. It's not necessarily like we say it's informal. The firehouse is really the one that tells you you're the senior man or firefighter. It's not it's not looking at you and like, Steve, you're the senior guy. No, it's the firehouse tells you that you're the senior guy. They're the ones that start coming to you. Hey, if 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 Betty needs needs something and she goes to Bobby and Bobby's like, well, you really need to ask so-and-so he he's going to have the answer for you. That's who you need to go to. And that that person may be a four-year guy, a five-year guy, a nine-year guy, a 25-year guy. It depends on who that person is. Hmm. And then if that person is a nine-year guy and they're starting to be looked at at, as a senior guy and everybody starts to come to him, he knows where to go to ask for help. All right. So I don't know this answer, but let's go find out and let's go ask captain so-and-so or or this guy he's been here a while he knows a little bit more than i do you know the firehouse puts you in that position you you can't demand it you can't ask for it you're not appointed it it's the firehouse that tells you that kind of kind of like lets you know that you're the senior guy and that's i I think i answered your question in a roundabout way um but yeah it yeah it's it's been interesting to watch and see that but it's the firehouse that tells you the senior guy i mean if you've been on for 28 years, thanks. You're just really old. But if you've been on the form for 28 years and you're, and you're a contributing member to your shift department, company, whatever it may be, absolutely. 
100%. And take some of this away. Uh, one of my problems in my, in my early on in my career, um, I was following the wrong crowd and kind of watching how, how crowds were being done. And I realized that, that I was, to be honest with you, to be frank, I was becoming an asshole. And somebody pulled me aside. It was a junior person. I was teaching a class. Like, why are you such an ass? I was like, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. And that kind of set me aside for a minute, put me down in my spot. And then I realized that, that I needed to be more humble and, and have more humility in myself for making mistakes and, and things like that. Being, having that humility in the fire service carries you a long way. And then as I started changing my attitude and how I delivered my conversations and tone with people, I started looking at myself internally and externally of like, holy cow, now I can really adjust who I actually am and it can be more open. I mean, like I, I'll, these guys here on my shift now are like, oh, if anyone's going to mess anything up, it'll be Rod Zinka. Just give him 10 minutes. And here we go. We messed it up. And they're like, so we're not going to do it that way. Let's try it a different way. Perfect. So having that humility to own your mistakes and own things that are wrong and and own things that you're doing wrong for yourself, for your department, carries that a lot. And that kind of feeds through your, your, your department, your company, whatever it may be, your other, your shift, uh, your shift mates and things like that. And they see that and they keep adding those things to it of like, wow, look at how he's, how he's realized this and changed his, his attitude and leadership styles. So I'm glad you went there because what I took from that is someone came to you and said something to you and it impacted you. In other words, someone, someone chose to come up to you and say, Hey, you're, you're doing this right or wrong, but they, 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 had a, they had a crucial conversation with you that you basically had a reset with. Yep. That's, I, I think that that right there hit a bunch of nerves with me. I can remember just so many just influential times where the senior driver or firefighter or somebody with influence had a talk with me that gave me that reset. I was on an extrication one day years ago. I was, I guess, a new driver and I'm on the, on the engine and the squad and some other uh, units showed up. At one point, as a driver, I found myself inside the vehicle, using tools, ripping things apart, helping get the patient out. And at the end of the day, we all got the patient out. We're all high-fiving and all that kind of jazz. After the call's over, the senior driver on the, on the squad came up to me and goes, hey, I'm mad at you. I'm like, Ex excuse me? I, I was doing it, man. I was doing it, Stephen. Yeah. I was in there. I was doing it. <laughs> and he goes, no, I'm mad at you because you weren't doing your job. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, you're a driver. Your job is the apparatus, setting up tools and equipment, making sure everything is prepared, making sure the people that are in there, the officers, the firefighters, all the worker bees have what they need to do. And you didn't do it. Nothing was set up. Everything was scattered. You weren't doing your job. And the first instinct was to fight with the guy. But my about two seconds later, I looked at him and I'm like, you know what? You're right. I got nothing. I got nothing. But but right after that. It changed me like that. Like, holy crap, he's right. As much as I don't want to admit he's right, he's right. And, and it changed the way I, I, I operated as a driver. I made sure I was just a hyper, I was hyper attentive to my role. But it took that person to say, hey, Steve, you're doing it wrong. I'm mad at you. Click, done. But it was an example of that senior person taking me to the side and giving me a reset. And how often those are those words that those senior members use are just massively, massively impactful. And that, those are just words. And I think about actions too. Um, years ago, and, and I know you and I both both present a lot. One of the stories I, I often tell is um, this must be close to twenty years ago now. One of our firefighters on the hazmat team passed away years ago in a tragic airboat accident, and he was a pretty tight member of our team. And the day we 
uh, set up for his funeral and burial um, was a long, long day. The whole hazmat team was draping the trucks and from sunup till sundown, we were you know, driving to the, the site. Um, it was an emotional day, the, the presentations, the whole nine yards. Um, at the end of the day, on the truck that day was myself, Doug LaValle, the lieutenant, Carl Wright, who was a senior firefighter at the time, and I was kind of a firefighter driver at the time, and then a float driver who will not be named. At the end of the day, we're, we're just, we're done. We're emotionally just stripped. We're just done. We're just ready to go back. So the officer, Doug, looks to the crew and goes, guys, we're, we're going to head back to the firehouse now. The driver, who was, doesn't matter who, it was a float driver, looks at him and, and very loudly was like, we're not leaving. We're staying here all night. We're going to stay here at this, 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 uh, this, this ceremony, this party. We're going to stay here all night. We're not leaving anywhere. We're staying here, Doug. And the lieutenant goes, we are leaving. And the crew head back to the truck. The driver was just pissing and moaning and, and being a real jerk, to be quite honest. We get to the truck and we're heading back. And the whole way back, the driver's just mouthing off, really unprofessional. And Doug in the front is just quiet as a church mouse, just professional, quiet. And I'm in the back with Carl going, this is weird. This is really weird. We get back to the firehouse, pull into the bay. And Doug gets out of the truck, goes into the station. I'm sitting with Carl in the back and the driver turns around to us and starts mouthing off. Like, I can't believe that this guy, this guy, blah, 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 blah. And Carl, who I deeply respect and who was probably one of the funniest person people I've ever met in the fire service. Carl did what a senior member should have done. Carl, right there and then, lit this driver up, lit this cat up like I've never seen in my entire life. And I've never seen somebody actually physically shrink before. This driver physically shrunk. Wow. Carl lit this cat up. Don't you ever do that to your lieutenant. That is your lieutenant. And it just went through this rant for a good few minutes. And I felt, you know that meme with Michael Jackson eating the popcorn in the movie theater? I felt I felt like that. It's like I'm just watching this take place. But what I was watching was so impactful to my career. I'm watching the senior firefighter. The, the lieutenant walked away, didn't say a thing, didn't need to say anything. The senior firefighter knew what needed to be said, took that driver to the side, laid into him like I've never seen before, and corrected the situation. And all I could think about when I'm watching this go down was, how do I get that? Yeah. How do I get and earn that amount of loyalty? That, right. un, that, that, that loyalty that you don't need to say or do anything, but just happens. What do I need to do as an officer, as a leader, as someone in the fire service to get that loyalty that's being demonstrated right now? But again, it goes back to what you were talking about, the words, the actions. I, you, you can't pay for that. I mean- and watching that, I, I took so much away in terms of what does it mean to be loyal? What does it mean to be that senior respected member and doing what needs to be done when the time is needed to be there? It's a funny story. I'll talk to Carl every so often and remind him of that story. He doesn't even remember it. It's, it, <laughs> it, it, it's funny because I'm like, you remember that time that this happened? He's like, oh, did I do that? I'm like, you don't remember? Yeah. Because that was in his nature. It was who he was. He was just doing his normal thing. I was taking it as gospel and then yeah. and, and watching this go down. But it goes back to what you're saying. And th those senior members bring a lot to the table and their words, their actions are just massively powerful. And your yeah. example was a good one too, that because someone reached out to you and said something, it changed. Yeah. So, um, so going further with this, I know we're, I don't even know what time we're going to come up 40, 50 minutes or so. I'll say real quick, it, I had a notice. I don't know if we could edit that. I didn't notice that said five minutes left to my meeting. I didn't. Nah, we're good. We can keep going. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I didn't, I was like, oh shit. So sorry, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, 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 absolutely not. Um, 
One thing that uh, Chief Holton reminded me of, and I mentioned this in the beginning, was that, you know, FDIC and fire engineering, we all talk about tactical takeaways, regardless of the content. So when we talk about the senior people in our, our organization, what what are some tactical nuggets that we can do to encourage those actions to take place? What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a great question, because that's a question that's asked asked every after pretty much every lecture. I've had two or three people come up at the end of at the end of the lecture you know, just like we talk, kind of nervous to ask a question, kind of nervous to come up um, and talk and, and say something. But but they all come up and say, well, well how do I do that? Mm-hmm. So, we, so it, it happens so many times. I added it into the presentation later on. And and it's it's that and, we, and you and I talked about this. It, it's that one degree of change. Mm-hmm. And, if you have, I, and, and Steve, I, I, should, I meant to look it up and I didn't think about it after we talked about it. I don't know if it's a poem or a writing, a, a something, but it's, they talk about that one degree of change. And we bring up, we talk about the one degree of change at 211 degrees. What's water doing? It's it's off, you know, steaming. It's doing its thing. It's getting ready to boil. But from 211 to 212 degrees, it starts boiling and creating a lot more steam and being it can be used as energy. And what can that steam do? And steam can move. You know, we can move locomotives, mountains. We could haul a bunch of stuff. We could we could change the landscape of of the the environment that we're in. So when people come up and say, well, how do I make? How do I do this? How tell me how and and I wish there was a roadmap. You know, if we come into the fire service and, and most departments do it, if you want to be a chief level officer, you have a roadmap to get there. I want to be in the tech rescue, you have a roadmap to get there. I want to be a paramedic and, and eventually take over the EMS division. There's a roadmap to get there. There's no roadmap to effectively create change. So the best thing I I took I took that that poem or whatever it is that it's that statement that one degree of change I took it and I was, and I tell them I'm like be that one degree of change it takes a while to get there but small things will get you there to be to be to, to start making change and I'd give an example our department uh, a few years ago morale was down it was horrible it was kind of in the dumps and we and a group myself and a group of other people went to just a lecture based class. They're putting on. It was like a one-time, one or two-time thing. They're putting on. They had some good lectures come in, and the guy lecturing, he was talking about bringing like that pride and ownership back into back into the firehouse, um, and um, he was talking about that. And we were sitting there, and, and during a break, the other gentleman comes up and goes, "We should come up with a logo for our firehouse." I'm like, all right. Well, I have a friend that's a graphic designer. So we sent him a couple ideas, and he he sent like seven or eight different designs. So we we went, we were like, all right, well, how do we do this? So then we put it out on like a survey monkey or whatever to everybody assigned to the firehouse at that time. And the winner, the winning design was the one we went with. Like you have here's your, here's your option to vote, and that's how we did. Then we started, you know, then we made patches and stickers, and and they're like, well, I'd really like that on a shirt. Oh, okay, we have shirts. Well, how about a how about a mug? And it just kind of, and then that started showing morale. Well, that well then that morale carried on, and um, with like probation, like or we have orange shields on our helmets for probation. So when you get off probation and you're accepted into the firehouse as well, you get a patch of coin, some stickers, and you get and it kind of grows that morale. And then now now you feel part of a group, and that one degree of change of the conversation of like, let's come up with a station logo. It took time to get where we're at now, which was like I said seven or seven or so years ago that we did this it took time to get there but it, you have to take that one step that one degree of change it you, know, you don't need an, you don't need an elephant one one big bite you take small bites 
Rome wasn't built in a day. We could do all the all all the famous sayings. However, we're here. It's one degree takes it. It's going to take time to get there, but you keep pushing forward and keep keep finding. You may run into a roadblock. You may run into some hesitation or whatever whatever what have you. But you keep moving forward and keep progressing that that with that one degree of change. You'll eventually get there, but it takes time. It's not going to happen overnight. Some stuff will, but the but the the stuff that really needs to be set in place to build that good foundation will take time to get there. So I would say the tactical takeaway from being a senior man is is take your time. The change will happen. It it just you just have to be willing to fight the fight. Yeah, you know, I, I I'm glad you went there because you know, a lot of times we look at these things as just small and little things, but in reality. Those small little things are exponential. And whether you're reading like uh, James Clear's book on atomic habits and talking about that 1% better every day or this one degree of change, it's those little things that over time, not only, like you said, develop a culture, develop a trend, but they will build up and they are exponential in nature. So that that's huge. Um, it, going on a little more broader perspective, and I ask this every time I do one of these, in terms of your perspective, in terms of leadership traits, what do you find yourself focusing on as some of the greatest leadership traits that we should be we should be practicing or deploying or, or thinking about uh the big one that i've that i've learned um a lot is own your mistakes we're human um just because you have a couple bugles on your shirt doesn't make you any more any more of a human than the than the last person um uh, <laughs> one of the bad leaders i had in my career um said they're not they're not speaking trumpets they're plungers because the more bugles you have the more shit you have to deal with the more plunge action you have to use. So, so I take that. I'm like, all right, well, that, that's a good thing. But but they're speaking trumpets because we could speak louder. But when you're speaking louder, you're also going to make a lot of mistakes doing it because, honestly, I'm still growing as a leader, um, both an informal leader and a formal leader. So making mistakes every day is, is a part of life, but own them and admit to them. I'm yeah. very open with my company and my shift when I make a mistake. Um, recently... Um, I, I missed a holiday. I thought I had the day off. Um, I did not. And I, I was somewhere else and didn't show up for work, but immediately called the battalion chief. was like, Hey man, messed up here. He said, no worries. Thank you for being honest coming at me. Um, I came back. I, I got the write up that I deserve, which I was expecting, which I did. And I walked, took that write up, walked in the, in the fire, into the kitchen owned up to my company. Hey, this is what happened. Let's make sure we have our days down. So then we learn from it, mm-hmm. make sure all our days are down. So now we, now as a company, we're checking each other. We're, we're watching each other's backs. Hey, don't forget you have to work tomorrow. Don't forget you have a trade. Don't forget you're on holiday. You know, make sure we get t- our time put in our time clock system, you know, so that owning that mistake now shows that we have accountability with each other on my company. And that has carried on to other companies in my firehouse. You know, the, the engine company is now checking on the truck company. The truck company is checking on the engine company. The medics are getting checked on uh, as far as like time on the medic units. You know, a lot of the accountability is happening. So owning your mistakes is a big one. The second one, I, I think, is, as far as the leadership quality is being humble. We all started with no knowledge of this job. Um, very few of us anymore are fortunate enough to have that the institutional knowledge and generational knowledge of the, of the fire service. And knowing that and having that with us, 
we're able to carry things on, but a lot of us are coming in not knowing anything about the fire service besides we make a lot of noise going down the street. If it's on fire, we go inside and we make, we cause a lot of damage because we're, we look like a bunch of, a bunch of idiots running around tearing stuff up on a house. So you can ask anywhere, anybody in the public that these things, and that's what they think firefighters do, but they don't know that all the training that goes involved and things like that, they don't know that. So being humble and, and realize that you started somewhere, you don't know any knowledge either. And now look, you've got two, three, four, whatever bugles have that humility and being humble that, that you started somewhere and everybody starts somewhere. And they, and we talked about it earlier. They, you don't know where they're coming from. Understand that. Um, and then, you know, empathy is always in there. Compassion, um, and honesty, open communication, just be honest with them. If it's, if this is going to suck, let's, let's embrace the suck together, but be honest, that's going to suck. There's some of the worst conversations I had to go down to my company. Like we're getting ready to do something that's going to suck is go tell them that we have to go do something that's going to suck. And, uh, it's, it, again, and I've got a, I, Currently, I have an excellent group of, of individuals assigned to me. I came from an excellent group of individuals that were assigned to me and very fortunate to get transferred to another shift at the start of the year and have an excellent group of individuals assigned to me again. And they you want to talk about you want to talk about getting your making sure you're on a on a on a small pedestal. These these four guys, these four guys make make sure I'm on a small pedestal every day. They uh, <laughs> this podcast will be like, hey, just because you're on a podcast, man, don't forget. <laughs> we still wear you out every day. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so having that, but, but I'm very humble about it. My, my humility to owning those mistakes and making mistakes. I love making mistakes because now we know as not only individual as a group, not how not to do it in the future. Yep. And we all learn something from that. So humility, being humble, owning mistakes, honesty and communication, I think are the five are my five pillars that I look at for um, being a good leader both an informal leader and a formal leader mm-hmm. for whoever's listening to this. Um, so, well, I like, I like also, I like also that you gave the example, not only you, you, you mentioned like loaning your mistakes and being humble, but you gave a really good example that pretty much set the tone at the firehouse. That's yeah. it's, it's one thing to say something, but when you have those tangible examples to, to, to put in play what that actually looks like, that's huge. Um, so we're kind of coming close to an hour here, but I wanted to ask one more question before we start wrapping it up. And this is one of my favorite questions that I've asked a lot of people. It seems to be, it, it dives in a little bit deeper, but for you, what are your concerns in the fire service? In other words, what things keep you up at night? <laughs> wow. Um, the things that keep me up at night, um, besides the call load, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, uh, my, Am I doing enough for the new person? Um, I and it's it's kind of a, a I don't know if it's a good statement that I that I make, but my personal feeling is every day we make it through the day without killing somebody is another day closer that we're gonna that, that we have that possibility. So I wake up in the morning when I come to work, like what are we gonna do to make ourselves better and to make sure we everybody goes home in the fire service. Because, you know, everybody goes home thinking, well, the homeowner doesn't go home and things like that. No, I want to make sure everybody in my company, at my firehouse for the day, the next morning we all go home. We may be banged up. We may be hurt. What can we do to make sure that doesn't happen again? So I focus on training. What do we need to do? What We have so many new people in our department that it, 
it becomes kind of redundant sometimes to the to the older guys and to the senior guys here, and even some of the officers, excuse me, that we're always pulling handline. You know, we're always doing the same uh, the same evaluation because we have so many new people every day. So you know, you have to pull a handline, force the door, mask up, you know, do that whole thing. That's done several times a day. But but if you look at it, like, okay, so we're we're training every day. It's okay to do that. Now let's throw some kinks in it this time to make it a little different. You know, let's throw some obstacles in the way. Let's throw, what, let's put the engine out of position. Let's do something different to change the training so we have to think on our feet. Mm-hmm. So now we become um, more self-sufficient and more self-reliant on the situ- if we run into a situation. So that firefighter now can think for themselves, um, whatever it may be. So if you run into a weird stretch up a stairwell, blocked cars, fences, you know, things like that, they can think for themselves and not just kind of stand there, stand there and go, oh, what do I do next? They are, they're already two steps ahead. So what keeps me up at night is what can we do to make ourselves better each day and to make sure we all go home in a safe manner if we run a, you know, we have a fire and it, you know, it goes bad fast. You know, how do we prevent those dominoes from falling? So that's what keeps me up at night. Um, I wish, you know, Again, we've we've talked before. I'm very fortunate that I, that I've had the opportunities uh, to go teach all over. You know, coming down to Fort Lauderdale, I've learned so much. I took I take so much back every time I'm down there from you guys, both both from the tactical leadership part and the operational side on how things are done, and even logistic side of things because you guys do so much as far as the, as, as far as that conference goes. Like the logistical stuff, you pick up small things like oh well. I never really thought about having that. So now when I go teach, I think about, you know, that one little item that may be there. I could really use that next time. So seeing that and be able to pass stuff on and learn from all those things is, is where I want to go to make sure people do the right thing and go home every day. So around, I don't know if I lost track with that. but No, no, you're, you're and that's that's it's concern for a lot of us, especially with what we're being asked to do these days. We're we're through all hazards response. You know, we do it all these days and trying to come from a training background like we both do. When we try to match what we should be doing for training to prepare our people for every conceivable thing that we have to do. When you really think about it, that's daunting. That's that's yeah. scary. And all we could do is the best we can do, get the basics right. And you mentioned the basics of it, and then maybe tweaking the basics to challenge us. So it's 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 focusing on the basics, challenging ourselves to make sure we're out of our comfort zone on a regular basis to prepare us for whatever could hit and whatever those tones will bring us. So that's it's a legit concern and it's 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 sobering as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah, it, it is. And you know, people, you know, people well, I, I got this email or I got that email. We we talked about it earlier, there's things I can't control. You know, I can't control what email comes down from the fire chief to my battalion chief to me. I can't control that. If that's 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 what they want to do. That's fine. I have to follow that. I have to get my guys and girls to follow that as well in my company. Mm-hmm. Those are things I can't control. But like I said, what we can control is my attitude every day. Let's do some good training. Let's learn something today. Even if it's walking around our district, something simple that day. Let's learn something to make us better to make sure we go home. Oh, I didn't know that door was there. Or I didn't know it exited here. Something like that. So those are things I can control and and trying to help guys see that we can control those things. Now, do we have times that we can bitch and complain? Absolutely. Let I'll let them vent. And I'll look at them like, are we done? Okay, so let's move on. We got something to do. We got stuff to do. 
Absolutely, you're allowed to do that. I'm allowed to do that. But, but again, you know, bottom line, I, there's things that I control, things I can't control, and I try to worry about the things that I can control every day. It's hard to do. But you know, you, you bring it back. You bring it back to where we started from the beginning. Those those ideals that you're 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 demonstrating. Those things that you just mentioned, and those are those ability to to take the situation and translate those messages from whoever, whether it be the chief or whatever, and then talk about it and translate the meaning why. These are all things that the senior member does, whether it's you as an officer, whether it's the senior firefighter at the firehouse, the senior medic on an ambulance, whatever it is, this is part of what we've been talking about the entire time. Yeah. So anyway, so I wanted to start wrapping this up um, and, and I want to just kind of give a, 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 as we kind of come back to the beginning, I go through this kind of the notes I've taken. You know, we talked about a lot during this in terms of the senior firefighter, that senior person, that senior member of an organization we talked about. Um, you know, not being defined in years, but in actions. And we talked about the words, the weight of the words and the actions that those senior members uh, take that that are examples, shining examples of, of their, their role as a senior member. And also that, that that senior title is not something that just just happened. It's earned. It's bestowed upon them by the firehouse, by other people because of what they bring to the table and those actions and those 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 reasons why. And you mentioned why. We talked about um, knowing the why in terms of like if someone's talking about promotion, well, are you doing it? What are you doing it for? What is your why in terms of promoting? Um, and it's not exactly it's not a bad thing to not promote. We have several members on the job, whether firefighters, drivers, whatever, that don't promote. And thank God they don't because they are that that respected seasoned veteran that we all go to, whether it's institutional knowledge, the why things are done. Uh, there's a lot to boil down there. Um, we talked about um, uh the relative nature of being a senior firefighter. In other words, based on your department dynamics, you might find yourself in that position way sooner than you thought because of, let's say, there's tremendous growth in the next few years and the department grows by two or three times. So you may find yourself in that seat of a senior member way before you traditionally thought you were going to be there. And then preparing yourself. How do we prepare? You mentioned a couple of tactical ways to deploy that. Getting better 1% or 1 degree every better every day. And that 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 trend, that that growth, that slow growth is exponential, is powerful. It does take time, but the wins are there and will happen. Um, you talked about things like owning mistakes and being humble. And those examples that those senior members set by doing those things are powerful. They're, they're tangible. And they set the tone for all these new people that are coming on board that, and you kind of alluded to this, that just don't know about the fire service. They have never been indoctrinated to it. So these new folks that are coming in, regardless of age, are looking for these examples. They're looking for, okay, you said consistency, you've said integrity, you said leadership. What does that look like? And all these senior members, by deploying those and practicing those, not only saying the words, but practicing in action, are the examples that we're all craving and looking for. So this has been a this has been a lot. Of course, I, I took a bunch of notes like I usually do, man. I always I always end up taking a lot of notes. And and there's a few things I'm walking away with from here, but I will tell you. It, one of the things I'm going to do as I walk away from this is I'm going to give gratitude. I, I, after this, I am going to reach out to those individuals, some of the ones I mentioned on the show today, and just reach out and say thank you. I mean, I think about the impact that some of these senior members had on my career that are literally life-changing conversations and examples that I think they do. They they are due just, if nothing else, for me to just say thank you. And more 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 pertinent to the job now, there are so many people that are on the job right now that are I consider a senior member. Have I let them know? Have I have I have I voiced it and have I made it clear that hey, I considered you that senior person. You were the person I go to for information. You were the person I want speaking in front of the new guys and new hires. My my firehouse. Have I done my due diligence 
to let them know because maybe they don't know. And I think that's our responsibility to pass it on. So that's my homework for today is to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for unintentionally giving me homework. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Absolutely. Anything I can do. So uh, any final words in this concept? Any final things and uh, thoughts as we go away from this? Uh, no, I just appreciate, once again, the opportunity that you've given me to, to pass this on. I feel that this is something that uh, needs needs to be talked about because there, people are finding themselves in this position um, a lot more, a lot sooner than they expected it to be. In some cases, um, the way things that I've heard uh, throughout the country, people, you know, departments are starting from nothing and, and they start from six or eight dudes, um, male or female. And then all of a sudden they, they go from six or eight dudes to 30 dudes to 50 dudes to whatever. And they keep growing. And then those, those people are looking around like, well, how do we, you know, how do we get to where we're at or where we need to be, where would we come from? And, and people are realizing that, holy cow, I, I've got to be a leader, but I, I can't really be a leader, I feel, because I'm not a formal leader. Well, that's not true. You, right. everybody's, a, everybody's a leader no matter what, whether you have – whether you raise your right hand to be that leader in, in a formal position or an informal leader. But just step up and have those have – those, have your why ready, have the integrity and all the things that we talked about to to move forward and to do better for yourself and your company and your and your department every day so but again i appreciate the opportunity to bring this up it's 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 a passion of mine that i that i hope to to pass on to a lot of people and we talk about um i look forward to keep sharing um things uh keep sharing this this class i'll be i think we're doing it i'll be in october in richmond virginia for one of the for one of the the perfecting the craft conference um which is around um i think october 11th it starts and then before that, I'll be at Wichita, speaking at Wichita Hot again. They invited me back out. They had, we had a good crowd last year, looking for a bigger crowd this year, and had a good time uh, talk about leadership and informal leadership and the senior guy out there. So that's a good show out there if you ever get a chance to get to Wichita. They do a good job out there. Awesome. And then those will be my next question is where are you going to be doing this next? So I'm glad you brought up those conferences. And there's so many phenomenal conferences around the country that people can hear, not only your words, but so many words from so many influential leaders yeah. right now. They're everywhere. It's awesome that there's so many opportunities now and more than ever. You can't um, uh, you can't you can't scroll through any social media without hitting some type of conference on some <laughs> week. If you if you really wanted to, I bet you could hit one every week of the year throughout the entire year, with the exception of Christmas and Thanksgiving. You're not lying. You ain't lying. All right, man. Well, listen, thanks again once again for having this conversation. We, we, we broke down a lot, and I hope that the, the listeners here are, are walking away with some things, not only in terms of, of their experiences with the senior person or if they are that senior person, but how to tactically get better at that role because of the needs we have in the fire service of and the, the value those senior members bring. So I'm going to go ahead and start uh, wrapping it up, but um, I want to thank everybody for, for tuning in once again. Uh, as I said before, I always thank uh, Chief Holton uh, and, and Fire Engineering and the Clarence staff for allowing us this platform. Uh, thank you for allowing us to have this 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 platform to talk about things that are instrumental to the fire service. This one definitely be one of them. Um, second Friday of every month, these these drop. So I thank you for listening. I thank you for consuming this content. This is a great conversation. And Jess, thank you for being here. Thank you for chatting. This has been a phenomenal conversation, man. I was always it's always a pleasure talking to you. We have a good time. Thank you. Thanks for allowing me to chat with you today and and allowing me to talk through this. All right, man. And if you ever need to reach out to Jesse, he's available out there. How can they get a hold of you? Just to, what's the best way to get a hold of you? I'm on all the social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, if you want to. My uh, email is always open as well. It's my name, Jess Rodzink at iCloud.com. You can shoot me an email, ask me questions. 
Um, I won't give you my phone number because my phone rings enough as it is, and I really don't like talking on it. So um, reach through that. But, uh, yeah, please reach reach out if you have any questions, comments, concerns. Um, I'm willing to share whatever information I have with you. I, there's, I don't I don't want to keep anything to myself. I just want to pass it on to the next person. So whatever you guys want. But. As do we all, man. As do we all. All right. Well, thank you, Jess, for being on the show today. Much appreciated. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you next month. Have a wonderful day. Thanks. Thank you.